was with the word was with God, right? Yep. Interesting. Continue. He was in the beginning with God. Yeah? And without him was the Oh, in him was and the life was continue reading. Yeah. Come on, read now, okay? Let's start from there. Let's start from there. Go. Everybody, verse one. Let's read. was made that was so he's saying to us that everything that is in existence today is because of the word so everything that exists and nothing would exist would be made without the word so everything finds is its existence in the word every okay Continue reading. In him was, and the life was the light of, and the light shines in the, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that. That was the true which gives light to every man coming into the? Now, listen to verse 10. He was in the? And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. This is interesting because the scripture tells us that the Jesus or the word is responsible for the existence of the cosmos. The word is responsible for the existence and function of the cosmos. What is cosmos? The word world there is translated in the Greek as cosmos, which means the harmonious or orderly arrangement of the universe. So it refers to the harmony or the structure that exists within our world. That is what the Bible tells us the world refers to. It is an arrangement, an order, a structure, whether it is of government or nature. So the word is 
satisfaction. You following me? You following me? So the world in which we live in today is a consequence of the logos of God. That means the way in which it functions takes its template from the blueprints of the world. Because remember, he says nothing functions, nothing lives outside his scope of authority, his realm of rulership. So everything exists because of him. You follow that? So the world as it is today is a consequence, a byproduct of the operations of the logos. And remember when I say world, I'm referring to the arrangement of the, the system in which, uh, uh, under which all things function. And remember, for anything to have true structure, it must have laws. It must have principles. So whether or not you are evil or righteous, we are all functioning by the same operations. The operations designated by the logos, by the word. So even Satan himself is subject to the laws of governorship that undergirds or are the foundations of the cosmos. Because the cosmos says the world was made. The word they made is genoma. It means it was generated by the word. So the world as it is today, even though it is under the manipulation of Satan, was a result or an offspring, a creation of the Logos. So this tells us that everything in the world today finds its origins where? Okay, maybe you are not yet convinced. Let me convince you. chapter 4 verse number 5 then the devil then the devil did what taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of and the devil said to him all this authority do you see how the cosmos is run the cosmos is run by authority, which is the precipice of structure. So that's why the word world refers to the harmonious or orderly arrangement of things. It is the adornment or the way by which things are adorned or are beautified. You, you see this better, better uh, uh, described by, 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 by the English word cosmetics. Right? In, in, in cosmetics, a woman doesn't just apply makeup. There's a process. Right? In order for her and the material to blend, there is a process that they must follow. Right? And that pro process is a process of the adornment of the face. The beautifying of the face. That thing is harmonious and it is what? Orderly. If you miss a process or step in the process, the thing might not come out well. Right? So he says that the cosmos, Jesus, 
Jesus was shown by the devil all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And Satan says, all this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me. That means Satan didn't always have authority over the kingdoms. It was not something that he always had. It was delivered to him. And he gives it to whomever he wishes. Now, if it was not his in the first place, even though he... Okay. Uh, go to... Go to Genesis chapter 2, verse uh, 15. Let's start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Let's start there. Genesis 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, verse 26. Let's, let's start there. Then God said, Let us make man. Let us make man. In our image. And after our likeness. And let him have. Do, do you see what, do, what dominion authority Satan was referring to? The dominion that God gave to man. And that was the dominion to do what? To what? To, to govern over the world. To govern over the cosmos. So God, God has set man to become what? To become the arranger or, of what? Of the structure of government that he intended to exercise or extend in the earth. So he says, let them have dominion. So God gave man dominion. Chapter 2, verse 15. We there? Amen. Good. Uh, let's read. Then the, Lord God took the man. then the Lord God took the man which he had formed. The man whom he had given authority or dominion, right? Then the Lord God took the man whom he had formed and put him in the... To tend it and to... And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, yep. freely, freely, yep. but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not So even though God gave man authority, his authority was not autonomous. He did not have absolute autonomy over the authority he exercised. It was also subject to the authority of God. And that was based on his what? On his ability to follow what God had instructed him. So God said, don't eat. The day you eat, you die. In other words, you lose the authority that I give you. And finally he ate. When the serpent deceived the woman. And when the serpent deceived the woman, what happened? That authority, because there's no vacuum in the universe. God does not create vacuums. The authority that he lost was given to who? By who? Not God. By the disobedience of the man. So Satan had access or rights to handle the authority that, that, what, that Adam betrayed to him because of his disobedience to God. So Satan tells Jesus, all this authority, the authority to rule, to regulate the, what, the cosmos is given to me. But he has forgotten that the one whom he's talking is the one that created the cosmos that he has or that he is exercising authority over. So that means that the template the world is using today to run things is actually in reality the template of the word of God. Because nothing can exist or function without its original source, which is the word. Are you following me? Are you following me? 
So that means the way the world is run today, though it be corrupted wisdom, but its foundational principles come from the logos of God. So when you look at the world and how it operates, you begin to realize God's desire for his Because that desire that God has for his people is exemplified by those who are of the world. Why do people who serve Satan succeed more than those who serve God? That's a question. If Jesus reclaimed, redeemed the world from Satan, why are those in the world seemingly more progressive, more successful, more prosperous than those? Okay. All right. Why are you poor? And the boss you work for who don't love you, Jesus, rich. Did he not say you shall be the head only and not the tail? Is that not the heritage of the Lord's servants or the Lord's people? Then why is that reality not in existence in your life? Because the world was made by him. By the world. And if we are people of the world, why are we still slaves to the world? Why is it working for the world? show you something. Luke 16. Let me show you something. Luke 16. Luke 16. We there? Luke 16. Verse, verse number, let's read from verse 1, because I want you to understand this story. He, he also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man. Now, this is not a parable, because he says there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man, there was a certain there, there was a certain... So this story is about the rich man and his... There was a certain rich man... Yeah? Who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his... So he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship. For you can no longer be a steward. 
Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. In other words, he will have no access and liberty to the riches or the wealth that he previously had. The privileges that he previously had will be taken away from him. So he's thinking, what shall I do? Now Jesus is relaying this story. Then he says, my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. So he had gotten to a certain place in life. And he said, I can't go back there. Yet he was an unfaithful. Then the steward said, I have resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, that they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first one, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred. Now this is the last act before he what? He's fired. He goes to everyone who owed his master and he began to make friends with them. How did he make friends with them? He did what? Look at it. He said, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, write 50. Because his master did not know how much he was owed. The steward, it was the steward's responsibility to know. So he got there, he says, how much do you owe? He says, no, hundred. He says, no, write, write down 50. Automatically, he has gained what? Uh -uh. He, has got, he has gained what? A friend. He has gained what? He has used his master's money to gain a friend that will what? That will help him even after he is fired. Now Jesus is telling this story. This story does not seem very spiritual. Then he says, and he said to uh, uh, another, how much do you owe? He said a hundred measures of wheat. Then he said to him, take your bill like 80. So the master Look at Jesus. Jesus is in agreement with this, this master. He said, so the master commended. Do you see that? Praised. He was getting fired. The master praised the unjust steward because he had dealt what? Wisely. He had dealt what? Wisely. He had dealt what? When you look at that, is that wise? It's what? It's what? It's thievery. It's not, it's, that's not wisdom, that's thievery. Do you see that? That's thievery. But the mass and Jesus is in agreement with that, what that man did. Jesus is clapping hands. Praise, that's what, that's, that's what, that's what to command means. He's loading him for fortune, his master. Jesus is praising the man for cheating his master. Look at it. Jesus is he, what? Okay. You'll hear what he says next. The unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly, because, 
Because the sons of this world, the sons of this world are, are more wiser in their generation than the sons of light. Jesus, Jesus says the sons of this world, he's, he's praising them. Jesus is giving credit to the sons of this world. He says they are more wiser in their generation than the sons of light. Because a son of light will not do that. You know what will a son of light do? Do you know? They will pray. They will pray that his master have mercy. That's what a son of light will do. And Jesus says, in that, in that situation, and in things pertaining to the world, he says, the sons of this world. That means, the sons of this world obey more the principles of the word in the world than the sons of light. Says they are more shrewd, they are more wiser than the sons of light. So I ask, why do those in the world have seemingly more success? Function in the wisdom to operate in the world, which the sons of the kingdom have little of. Jesus, Jesus is not me. Jesus, he says, the sons of this world are wiser in their generation than the sons of the kingdom. They are more shrewd. Can I read you another? Yeah? Can I read you another thing? <laughs> You'll be shocked. <laughs> Woo! Hey, Matthew 10, 16, please. Matthew 10, 16. Listen to this, man. Matthew 10, 16. Let's read. Behold, I send you out as I, I, I do what? Send you out as Yeah. In the midst of wolves. Therefore, you rise as servants. You, 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 you know that word, that word office, right? O-R-P-H-I. You know, you know what that word is translated as? Satan. That word be wise as serpents is, is, is translated as as Satan. You, have, you can search it out yourself. The devil. Alright. Who is the serpent of serpents? Revelations 12. Revelations? Revelations 12. So, if, if he says serpents, that means it's plurality. He's referring to what? Devils. Let's read Revelations 12. Revelation 12, you there? Okay, thank you. Revelation
Revelations 12, verse number 9. Let's all read it, please. So the great dragon was cast out. So the great dragon was cast out. The great dragon was cast out. Yep. That serpent of old. What? What? That office. by the set principles of the world. Remember, I said what? Orderly. Harmonious order. Where there's no order, there's always chaos. So he says, be wise as uh, I, I can see.
Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28, verse number 11. Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Please, let's read it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Ya son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord, you were the seed of perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, it's impossible for the king of Tyre to be, it's impossible. So he's not really referring to the physical king. He's referring to who? And notice what God says about him. You were the seal. You were what? The seal. Of perfection. He was the standard of perfection. So he was created perfect. He was full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. That's Satan. He was full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. So Jesus says to you, if you want to succeed, you need to be as wise as Satan. Now, now we have to look at the characteristics of serpents. Again, because he says you, 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 you must be as wise as death. So there's a way serpents operate. Genesis chapter 3. Jesus advocates. Jesus advocates beguiling. Says if you want to function in the world, you 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 must learn to to what? No, I'd be wise as serpent. Explain to me what does it mean to be as wise as to be wise as serpent? What does it mean? Let's read. Read, read chapter three, verse one. Now, now the serpent. So he's saying that if you're going to function successfully in the world, you must be as wise as serpents. And what's the number one characteristic of serpents? Cunningness. Cunning and crafty. So craftiness must become part of your arsenal. And this is one thing Christians lack. Their inability to be cunning. Now remember what the Bible says this. The Bible says wisdom is justified by her children. So you see wisdom more demonstrated by children than adults. So if you study children, you will, you will actually see the, the nature of wisdom. And what is the first thing you see about children? <laughs> Who taught them? Where did they study the arts of cunning? Of beguiling. Where did they study those? Wait, wait. They lose it when they grow. But at, in their infancy, you see it. It says wisdom is justified by an appeals. Her children. Now the serpent. What's more? Yeah. Oh, you want to know what the word cunning means? 
Yeah. Okay. Sit there that side, don't come back, ne? Okay. The, the beast of the field was more what? Was more what? Cunning. You know what it means to be cunning? To be prudent. It means to be crafty. Prudence. What is prudence? Is, is prudence not wisdom? The children of this world are more shrewd than the sons of light. So here's the first thing. Why do Christians fail in the world? They are not cunning enough. They are not shrewd enough. They are not prudent enough. They are not crafty enough. They are not. They are not what? They are not. They are not tricksters. He says, if you want to succeed in the world, Jesus said, you must become a trickster. You must do what the unjust do what did. You know what Christians do? Oh God! Oh no no no! The world has a set uh, 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 rules and regulations that grant this whole thing. And he says those who make it are those who are prudent. Prudence in the sense of what? Of what? The serpent.
fornication is because there is what? Okay. Sex has four, four categories. Right? It has adultery. It has fornication. Right? It has what? It has sex. And the, um, it has rape. It has prostitution, which falls under fornication. Right? Right? In all these four things, the same thing happens. Look at me. In all these four things, fornication, adultery, uh, sex between a married couple, and rape. All these four things, the same thing happens. Right? The same thing, which is intercourse, right? Are we the same? Are we on the same page? Now, why does it have four uh, categories or classifications if it's one thing that happens? So the fact that the reason why there's adultery and fornication is because there's what? There's sex in marriage. Who created sex? Who created it? God. Adultery did God create it? No. Did, fornicate, did God create fornication? But there is sex. So what Satan does, he does what? He uses what God created for his own divisive ways. <laughs> but it's the same thing. So everything you see in the world today has its origins in the mind of God. Gambling. What? Because I want to prove something to you today. What is gambling? What is gambling? What is the difference between gambling and fishing? So Jesus was teaching Peter accurate what? Gambling. 
explain the difference between going in the river with your boat, taking the net and casting it out. And then hoping that you will catch something. What is the difference between that and putting some numbers or going on a slot machine or betting on a team? Can, can you see the underlying principles? Can you see the principles that underlies everything in this world? What's the difference between between American slavery and today's retail? <laughs> Masters used to do. You know, in their plantations, you know what they used to do? What's the difference between that and today's retail? Is there a difference? What am I showing you? I'm showing you the skeletal the skeletal structure of the world. What Satan puts there may be may be contort, but its foundation has its reality in And that's one of the reasons why God gave Israel the wealth of Egyptians. God did not go and tell them, go dig again for gold. He didn't say go dig again. He said, he said that you shall plunder the Egyptians. And he says concerning Cyrus that he shall give him the treasures of darkness. The hidden treasures of darkness. Where? In the world. In the So why are you, why are you a failure? You're not like the serpent. You are not cunning. You, 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 you are a good person. You are willing to take losses. You are willing to take losses. Do, 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 do you know Jesus? Jesus hates waste. Do you know Jesus Christ hates waste? He hates waste. He hates it. God is economical. God is not a splurger. He's economical. He functions by an economy. That's why he never gives you more grace than you deserve. Everything he gives you is enough. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at when he brought the manna. The Bible says, the Bible says, there was enough for everybody for that day. And no one was permitted, no one was permitted to take more than what was sufficient for them. If they took more, they would eat. The next day, they would find it rotten. Because God does not waste. When he, when he fed the 4,000 and the 5,000, the Bible says there were seven baskets and 12 baskets remaining. And he says, take them with you. 
means that means that he has economical or financial literacy. Why do the rich always get richer and the poor always get poorer? They are true. You will not trick a rich man. You, you are trickable. You run a business by grace and mercy. <laughs>
So if a man truly saves seven, he'll be rich. He'll, he'll be rich. So everybody in the, you know, in, in the backyards of life, they, they didn't say it in there. There's probably some devils, little irritating devils. And, 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 and it might, it's 10% devils and 90% your mind. The Bible says there is much food in the tillage of the poor. There is much food. But for a lack of understanding, they are destroyed. Poverty is not, is not a demonic origin. No, it's an origin of the mind, origin of the soul. The soul has the ability to create poverty. Yeah, you know the devil made me. No, hell no. You don't know the devil. The devil was created, was full of you. Imagine, do you think the devil is in, is in the, is in, is in, is in, is in oh my God. <laughs> You know where you find the devil? You find the devil in Santa. That's where you find the devil. You find him in San International Coast, casinos, hotel, five-star hotel. That's where the devil is. Las Vegas, that's where the devil is. You find the devil, oh my God. He showed Jesus the glory, the glory parts of the world. He didn't show Jesus the slum parts. <laughs> Why are you poor? Oh my God. You know why? You are poor. He says, Jesus, be wise. I'm sending you out. Where you are going, you are, you are sheep. Yeah. You are going in the company of wolves. If, if you do not adopt <laughs> serpentine wisdom, you are a goner. Sports. Where does it come from? Come from? From the world. 
The word. Horse racing. To race horses. Where does it come from? Where, where do you think Satan got that idea? comes from combat sport where does it come from fights where do they come from who's the first fighter yeah who's the first fighter okay let me ask you let me ask you a question right so God created both Michael and both Satan there was no war. Why, why, was, why was Michael already created a warring angel? Why was Michael already created a warring angel when there was no war? says that the Lord is a mighty man of war. <clears throat> Where do wars come from? From from the Bible says God is a, is a mighty man of war. He loves to war. God loves to fight. So where do you think boxing comes from? trying to show you that the world exists because of the world. Wow. And that everything in this world has its origins from the world, from the word of God. Transportation, cars, where do they come from? You know what the Bible says? He rides upon the what? The chariots. God. He rides upon the chariots, upon the what? The wings of the morning. His chariots have what? The Bible says have wheels within wheels. Read, read Ezekiel chapter 1. The Bible says he, his, his, his chariots has wheels within wheels. man to ever live? Who gave him his wisdom? Amen. Solomon 1, I mean <laughs> Proverbs. <laughs> I was testing you. Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1. So it is wisdom that makes man succeed, prosper, what? Have success in life, right? 
It is wisdom. And he says to function in this world, you're going to need to, to exercise wisdom. It is essential. Because without wisdom, you will be unable to function nor thrive in the world. So those who don't thrive don't have wisdom. Let's go. Riches are the rewards of wisdom. Okay. Verse 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of King of Israel. To, under, to know and to perceive the words of... This is why he, he wrote this. To perceive the words of... Yep. Of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. To give what? <laughs> Remember I told you what the Bible says about the serpent? Who was what? Who was cunning? You know what the word there, the Hebrew word is? Is O-R-M-A. You know what it means? Guile. You know what it is? Cunning. You know what it is? Craftiness. So he says, I've written this to help you receive guile. The ability to guile. The ability to be, to be, to be what? To be witty. The ability to be what? To be a trickster. The book of Solomon was written to help you become a guiler. To help you become cunning. To help you become a trickster. Is not all scripture inspired by the Is not all scripture inspired by the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yeah? Is it not? Oh wow. So he says, to give craftiness to the simple. You see what the simple need? You know the simple, the foolish. You are not foolish because you didn't go to school. Mm. Wow. You, 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 there are many fools who have degrees. There are many stupid people who have who have qualifications. So, wisdom says to give to give to give shrewdness, prudence, gallity. Cunningness to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain counsel. To understand a proverb and an enigma. The words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and... Now, there's a difference. Two main differences about, about wisdom and prudence. Right? Wisdom refers to hakma or hokma, which hakmot, which refers to the wisdom that comes from fearing God. All right, this is the wisdom that comes from you fearing God. It gives you wisdom. And then there's 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 prudence, which is orma, which refers to craftiness and cunning. And that is the wisdom that is necessary for living in this world. The wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord 
is the wisdom that helps you navigate this world is the wisdom of morality. You know when a person has moral compass, it comes from what more? I want to show you something, right? So, he says, I've written all this so that you might, you might have prudence. Chapter 8, Proverbs. And then I'm going to share something quickly and then we're going to move to the second part and then we're going to bless uh, these two. Proverbs 8. Because <coughs> I need to switch over now. <laughs> Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom cry out in understanding? Lift her voice. She stands. She takes her stand on the top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of man. O you simple ones, understand prudence. And you fools, be of an understanding heart. You know, I don't know why people have a, you know, have, have, have a problem <laughs> with words like fools and stupid. These are biblical words. <laughs> These are biblical words. And there must be a come apart. If, if you can, if wisdom can come out of your mouth, then stupidity can come out of your mouth. These are, these are biblical kids. Hallelujah. I don't know why people have a problem with it, you know. <coughs> they get offended. You're a fool, you're a fool. <laughs> Verse 6, listen. For I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my yes. see, how, see, how, see how, how wisdom functions? All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold for wisdom Better than rubies. Oh, oh my God. All the things that one may desire cannot be compared with her. Now listen to what he says. I, wisdom. I who? Wisdom. I who? Wisdom. I dwell where? Prudence. I, wisdom, dwell where? Now, remember, the simple ones don't have prudence. Those are the foolish ones. Right? Wisdom says, if you want to find where I'm located, if you want to navigate to where I am, he says, I can tell you where my house is. I can tell you where I live. And where does wisdom say he lives? Where? Where? I dwell where? Wisdom says, I dwell with, with craftiness. I dwell with trickery. Wisdom says, I dwell with craftiness. I dwell with trickery. I dwell with cunning. Wisdom says, 
3, we will see wisdom in action. Because wisdom says, I am where prudence is. And what is prudence? Guile, trickery, cunningness, craftiness, shrewdness to guile. It says, I dwell there. I dwell there. And listen to what he says. And find out witty inventions. Ah! Ah! So everything invented in this world is a product of who? Prudence and wisdom. So where you find trickery, he says wisdom. So where do you find trickery? Where's the number one place we find trickery and cunning? Now, Governments. Governments are the most cunning, most crafty bunch of fools they are. They is. How, 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 for how, how many years have, been, have the government been promoting us? How many years has the government been promoting Our government. Let's talk about our government. How many, how many years? They've been tricking you, right? Every election day, they trick you. They give you a stock sweets, but we're going to do everything by myself. We're going to do everything. Cast, cast your ballot for us. You cast your ballot, you never hear of them. And God says,
said, suffer not a witch to leave. If there's a witch around, says, don't let them leave. Because the more they leave, the more whatever they've done to you will perpetuate. So they become what? They become a headache to your life. Revelation chapter uh, chapter 3. What did Jesus say about Jezebel? He, he will what? He will kill her with death. That's what Jesus I will kill her with death. And all her children will be cast into a city. You don't deal with witches. You, you Jezebel, Shall be Israel's slavery. That's what God said in Ezekiel. He says, 
God's payroll.
painful. The soul of a lazy man. That's what? Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you and your dream houses. Let's talk about you and your Pinterest dream houses. Your YouTube tours. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about you. Your soul. Your soul is lazy. That's why it desires. Your soul is lazy. They are showing The soul of a lazy man does what? Ralelocate that today. The soul of a lazy man desires. The soul of a lazy man desire. That's all he does. That's all he does. You know what he does? I desire. Get the one get driver that he Get the one get number. Get the one get other thing. Get the one get up here this. Desire. That's the indicator that you are poor. The soul. Read it. The soul. Of the lazy man, that's what? Desires. Yeah? It, it desires and does what? It desires and has something. It desires and has. What does the soul of a lazy man have? Nothing is what you will have. With all your desires, it's coming, Lord. It's coming. Again, love, love, love. But put down your house. Put down your house. I give you the keys. It's coming, Lord. Yes, Papa. I receive. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it is. Yay, I give you your car. It's coming. The soul of a lazy man desires and all he has is nothing. Continue. But the soul of the diligent the, the, the soul of the diligent shall, shall be what? The what? The soul of who? Shall, shall do what? Twenty-one five. Twenty-one five. Please read it, please. The plans of the diligent it shows to
does what? King James, what does King James say? Diligent. You see a man who is diligent in his in his work. What are you diligent in? What work? Horse labor. <laughs> what are you diligent in? To see is now a man who is diligent in his work. Not another man's work. In his work. Observe the end. It has no master or ruler. Yet it knows where to store in the, in the summer. That it might have in the winter. Hey. Diligence. Dili. Diligence. 
some of you now today. Some of you today would be surprised. said, everything of yours depreciates. You have nothing that appreciates.
don't say, no. No, you say, I'm, I'm going to use that. Yeah? That is still wood. Hell no. Well, you know what's your problem? You're not diligent enough to find out where they source them so that you can source from that supplier. You just said, it's tissue, it's tissue. Oh, hey, girl. Oh, boy. Tissue has a tissue. And it's one, quality it's one. Rabatareka. But do I want taste? So you must be diligent. Praise the Lord. You must be what? Diligent. That's life. That's life. That's how you make it in life. That's how you make it in life. Ask yourself. You know, you, you, you know there's one thing that, that pains me more than anything. When I look at life. I, I, and I always say this to the Lord. I say, Lord, I pray more than those sinners. sponsored by the laws of God. They're righteous. You know what they think? Crown the priest supernaturally, it will grow. Romombo, lo, lo, lo. Oh, God. No, you are right. Pray after you have sown. Listen, grace always follows work. Read, read, read verse, verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. Let's read it, please. Or oh, let's read verse 3. First Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 3, and then and then let's go to Hebrews. <laughs> yeah? First Corinthians, 15. Okay, read verse 2. Which also you must say, also I think it's verse 6. I think it's verse 6. Give me it. Yeah. Verse 6. Give me this one. Yeah. No. Hey, sorry. No. What's going on here? Is 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 9. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. So grace is given to workers. But I labored more abundantly than all. Than they all. You see that? Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So grace accompanies hard work. So if you pray, God, give me grace, it's for a reason. You see that? Do you see that? Do you see that? So diligence. Diligence is what attracts grace. There's nothing as undesirable as a lazy person. Unattractive means lazy. 
God your answer today. Why are you broke? Why are you poor? Why are you miserable? Why are you frustrated? Why are you not progressing? You pray too much and work too little. No work. Not diligent. There's no excellence to the work. About where were you last week? Or no, I was there on Tuesday and then the rest of the week was great. There's no attention to No wonder you don't progress. You do not promote it. Diligence will bring promotion. Diligence will bring riches. Diligence will bring fulfillment. Diligence will bring progress and plenty. That's how it works. It's life. It's the secrets of the kingdom. If you are not prudent, if you are not cunning, if you are not shrewd in life, for yet Exponential. 
months in an hour, I mean, in a week is seven hours. In two weeks is 14 hours. In three weeks is 20, uh, 21 hours. In four weeks is 28 hours in a month. Just working one hour more than the other person. I got a boy I was mentoring. When I mentored him, he had dropped out of school. He's, you know, didn't work anymore for some time. He started doing some NGO and things like that. But then I started mentoring him. I started telling him that, no, life has opportunities. Uh, if you apply yourself, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. The boy found something he loved. No man taught him. Self-taught coding. When I asked him two years later how he he said he'd spend a hundred hours a week learning how to code. Three years, jump three years later, three years later, he's doing his he went to apply to UNISA do to do his uh, computer science degree, right? He, he he went there. In the process, just before he went to UNISA, he created an created invention, submitted it to all these agencies, all these government agencies, UNISAs, it was approved. Three years late, three years late, so three years from the time he started doing that, three years later, he is taken, he's chosen, along with professors, full PhDs, multiple PhDs, he don't even have a degree. He's chosen as a group of panel to go to Switzerland to go present what it was. It was daily. 100, 100 hours a week he spent. Now he can create apps. He can do anything IT he can do. He just came back now from Switzerland. He called me the other day. They were the Prime Minister uh, of Switzerland in Austria. With PhD guys, professors and all. He don't have no degree. But how did he among them all, his diligence. Why was Joseph distinguished from the diligence? Why was Jacob distinguished from the diligence? He looked at that spirit for which he said. The Bible says Daniel had an excellent spirit. His diligence. A man with diligence can accomplish and achieve anything. Hallelujah. There is something something. Don't just sit. Don't just chill. No. 
unaffected. There are people now buying multiple houses, properties all around the world for millions of dollars. When I ask with him, hey, oil yatura. Oil yatura, petrol yatura. That's why your soul is lazy. Listen, it doesn't take time for life to change. It doesn't take time. There's a diligent threshold you reach. Once you penetrate there, you are gone. the most <laughs> yeah Hebrews 13 If, if I write a book, I, it goes through four processes. I write it, and then I structure it, and then I edit it, and then I re-edit it, and then I design it. So basically go through five, five processes. And those processes when you combine them all, they might probably take me a, around 200 hours, 300 hours. Why? Diligence. Problem is, most of you, you work for people, not for yourself. See, when you're doing something, that's why the Bible says, when you work, don't work. Don't work as pleasing men for eye service. Don't work because you are doing no, he says, work as unto the Lord. Knowing that the Lord will reward his servants. So, you, your, your excellence is based on who's looking at you. You want approval. <laughs> you, you are short-sighted. He signed a one billion dollar contract, a lifetime contract with Nike. Uh, he has other endorsement deals, so he's the high, probably the highest, second highest earning player. In fact, he's the highest. He has a net worth now of one point three billion dollars. When he was young, he quit school to play football because his parents couldn't uh, provide for him. His dad was gone, so it was him and his mother. So his parents, his mother couldn't really provide, so he left school. 
stories of, of Francis Ngannou. You know Francis Ngannou? Francis Ngannou is the UFC heavyweight champion, Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou was born in the slums of Kimberley. His mother couldn't afford a pencil for him. They chucked him out of school. He had to become, at 10 years, he was a sand driver. He was working in the choir. For 10 years, at age 10, for more than 6 years, he worked in the choir. And every day he says, he was always hoping and wishing that somebody was, he was expecting that somebody was going to after several years, he realized he don't know that nobody's gonna save him. If I'm going to make my life something, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna have to do it myself. He decided that he was going to leave Cameroon to go find opportunities elsewhere. He traveled the sub-Saharan desert for six months to reach the borders of Morocco, only to find the borders there entrenched and closed in. He said for one year. Try to cross to jump that border. He says the only thing that was driving him, and you know what would happen when when they would try to jump, they would catch him at the catch them at the border, throw them back at the desert, so they'd have to walk to the closest village, which was 15 kilometers away. He did it for a year. After a year, he said, "No, let me go try getting in by sea." They tried getting in by sea. stayed in Spain for about three months as a hobo, sleeping wherever he can. Finally, he decided to go to France. When he crossed over to France, he said the first, first day he landed in France, he went to a boxing ring and he said, no, I want to train. I don't have anywhere to go. I just want to give it. He started training like crazy until he got one opportunity to fight in a ring, in a professional capacity, in, in martial arts, in kickboxing. He fought, he won. supposing 